elephants in the room. I guess, did you hear like the, the tapping? Yeah, the it's when my voice was getting too high. Well, no, when it gets to the end, then you start. Oh, so, like, when you so started, I start now. It was, yeah, yeah, so when you started, it wasn't even, <laughs> oh, it, okay, it hadn't okay, gone into it yet. Hi guys, welcome back to Elephants in the Room. Why do I like raise the pitch of my voice? Hi guys, welcome back. I'm like, wait, okay, I know how to talk. Hi guys, welcome back to Elephants in the Room. My name is Nicole and um, thank you for being here today. This episode may be a little chaotic because I'm a little chaotic and all over the place, but we're just going to do it anyways. Um, I hope you guys had a great week. I missed you guys. I literally like... It's weird because you guys feel like my friends, even though like, I I don't know any of you in real life, but like the amount of DMs and comments and just support that I get, it's like my little community. So I love you guys so, so much. Thank you for all the support on Facebook. My Facebook has been like going crazy. Like right now when I'm filming this, I have 26,000 followers. I don't know how many I'll have when this episode comes out, but I'm very grateful. So thank you guys. I'm really excited about today's episode. First, let me get my Olipop. But here's the problem, guys. I just got my nails done. But we're going to have to make it work for the Olipop. Hold on. Oh! Is it on my face? It's okay. It's worth it. This is one of my favorite flavors. Great. Anyways, okay. Cheers. Okay. All right, guys, let's get into today's episode and ask Nicole. So it's like a big sister advice video. So now I'll preface this video by saying I'm no expert. I don't always know what I'm talking about, but this is just, you know, if you need a second opinion or some support through some challenging situations in your life, this is what this episode is for. So without further ado, let's just get right into it. Now, some of you wanted to stay anonymous. Some of you did want your username shown. So I will speak out the username if it's someone that wants to be talked about. All right. User Carrie underscore Joe German asked, I feel drained and don't know what to do. I feel way behind a lot of my peers with life. Wow. Did I resonate with this question? I know I've opened up about this, but guys, my life has been far from the average standard life and my successes and failures have been very off the wayward path of what people normally do in life. So I feel this in a deep way. I just want to remind you though, like you are not behind society standards of success are skewed and they're just not realistic for every single person in this life because we're all so unique and we're all so different. The things that you think make you successful and the things that you think make you a failure, I would just get that out of your brain. Like why are we so obsessed with success about being achievements? I think success is character. I think success is having a good character. And sometimes to acquire a good character, you have to go through some really crappy things and fail at a lot of things, or sometimes not have certain privileges that other people do or not have certain successes that other people do. But ultimately that gives you a better character, which I believe is a, is a huge success. And then the next thing I want to say is like, you are comparing your lows and failures to someone's highlights. That's one thing that's so hard about this. Like when you get into your early twenties or like once you become an adult, it's so easy to compare yourself to everyone and be like, they have this and they have 
that. And I just don't have any of that. Like they're married, they have this successful job, they have a college degree and I'm not, or on the other side, you could say, Oh, this person has this many followers and you know, they're making this amount of money and I don't, or, Oh, this person's in a healthy and happy relationship and I'm single and I don't have that. Like there's so many things that we can compare, whether it's material items or relationships or, um, you know, career status. There's so many things that we can look at and be like, I'm so far behind in life, but you just have to understand that not everyone is being honest and vulnerable about what's really going on in their life. And the truth of the matter is, is that there are things that you're not seeing. There are failures that they are experiencing that they're not just sharing with the public. You know, it's not our nature to just get on social media, you know, call all of our mutual friends and be like, Hey, like I just failed at this. And like, I just, you know, this didn't work out for me. Like we want to talk about the things that did work out for us. So just remember you're hyper aware of your failure because you are you and you know, all the successes and all the failures you're experiencing, the people around you, they're not airing out all of their failures. They're not airing out all the things that they're struggling with. So it's like, you're just, it's not a fair comparison. You can't compare your lows to someone's highlights. It's just not a fair comparison for you. And I feel like that's something that's so terrible about social media is that we're constantly looking at a world full of highlights. Um, but it's even further than social media. I just feel like society as a whole, we've just grown up with such a glamorized idea of success and what life should be. And I feel like as of recently, you know, opening up and being vulnerable about your struggles and your failures in life has become more accepted. Ultimately, I think we all naturally tend to want to show our highlights and hide our lows in life. So it's just not a fair comparison, if that makes any sense. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is you are unique. Celebrate you. You know, the definition of success can be different for everyone. Like in my life, when I got divorced and I left my religion of 19 years and I had nothing, I had no college degree, nothing going for me. I was divorced. I was ex-Mormon. I was like, holy crap, I'm like really failing out here. Like I'm 21 years old and all of my friends from high school are getting married and having babies and they have these careers. And I'm over here just like, <laughs> like I'm looking rough, you know, but as I've gotten older, my perspective on success has changed. And, you know, now I'm doing something that I love. I'm pursuing a podcast and that's something I'm so passionate about. But if I wouldn't have gone through everything that I went through in life, it wouldn't have led me to this. If I wouldn't have failed at every other Avenue, it wouldn't have led me here. And so it's like, we can't look at quote unquote society standard of success and you know, put it back on us. Like success is just, it's in the eye of the beholder. For me, I don't necessarily view career or money or relationship status as success anymore. In my eyes, like what I feel successful with is when I have a good character, when I do right by people, when I'm Christ-like, when I'm loving, when I'm selfless, those are the times that I celebrate. And those are the times that I see, okay, I'm celebrating my character. I'm celebrating the success of my character rather than these external achievements. So just don't be so hard on yourself. We all have different talents. We all have different goals. We all have different passions. We all have different backgrounds. Some of us grew up more privileged. Some of us grew up less privileged. Like there's just so much that goes into it. Some people struggle with mental health issues. Some people don't, you know, 
everything is just so different about us. So you really cannot compare yourself to anyone but yourself. And so just remember, you are not in a competition with the world. You are in a competition with yourself trying to get better every single day, but give yourself grace with that being said. Okay. We will go to the next question. And this user wanted to stay anonymous. This one is kind of a crazy question, guys. Okay. Do you think you can stop being in love with your ex and just be friends? When I got this question, I was like, this is going to be a controversial question. This is going to be a controversial answer. Okay. I will go into the depth and the details of why I feel the way that I feel, but let me tell you in my personal opinion, no, my answer would be no. Now it depends on the situation. Like if your relationship was very casual and you dated for a very short amount of time, or maybe you were really young when you dated, it was a high school relationship or middle school relationship, and you weren't super attached to that person. Um, and nothing bad really happened. You just kind of figured out that you guys weren't super compatible and you were, you know, maybe even more friends than lovers or boyfriend and girlfriend. That's different. Like in those rare situations, I think that you can be friends with an ex, but in my personal opinion, if you truly love someone, I don't really know if you can be close friends with them after a breakup. Now that's not to say you can't be acquaintances and wish them well and be on good terms, but I think like actively choosing to have that person in your life on a close level is really dangerous. And let me tell you why. Number one, it prevents you from having an open heart for the next person, the right person to come into your life. Like, I don't know about you guys, but when I love someone, I love them. So I can't just go from loving someone in that way romantically to just loving them platonically and not having any lingering feelings personally. And I just think that when you leave them in your life, sometimes it can be a desperate attempt to the idea of maybe potentially rekindling it in the future or getting back together, which I think is super not good for you and detrimental to your worth, your value and your mental health. Like putting yourself in a situation when you know someone is not willing to commit to you or doesn't want to be with you or it's not going to work, but leaving that room open just in case they change their mind or just in case the right thing happens. I don't know. For me, that's not like the healthiest thing, but again, it also depends on like, how did the relationship end? Like, was there disrespect? Was there lying involved? Was there cheating? Was there emotional abuse? Was it toxic? That all plays into it. I think if any of that was involved, I would say you have to clean cut and break it off and you can't stay friends. Now, again, I've never had like a super healthy relationship outside of my current boyfriend. So I can't really speak on like the people who have really healthy relationships and maybe like they're able to stay friends with their ex, like great for you. But like, I personally don't think I could ever do it again. It's one thing to be like acquaintances or like friends or wish them well, but like to be close friends who continuously hang out and have like a close bond. I just, I don't see it ever working out. I don't see it ever working out. Like I said, I think it prevents you from having your heart open for the next person. I think sometimes it can be a really unhealthy idolation of getting back together with that person when you need to close that door. And the last thing I will say is like, you need to heal. 
No matter how serious the relationship was, you need time to heal and you need time to love you after you end a relationship. So even if you do want to be friends with an ex, I think you need a clean break, no contact, at least for a short period of time where you can heal and focus on you and learn to love yourself. And then if you want to reapproach it and become friends, you could try, but like it wouldn't necessarily be my recommendation. <laughs> And then the last thing I'll say in regards to that is like, would you be comfortable with your future spouse being close friends with their ex? I personally wouldn't, but again, it's, it it just depends on the situation. Yeah. That would be my answer to that one. That one's kind of a hard one, but hopefully that makes sense. Okay. We will get into the next one. Okay. User Jacob Sedolia asked, what do you think about church denominations and what denomination are you? I've had a lot of people ask me this because I am ex-Mormon, as many of you know, or ex-LDS. I currently don't believe in denominations. So I am a non-denominational Christian, aka I just believe in the Bible. I believe the Bible is the word of God. I believe that Jesus came down and died for our sins, um, and gave us salvation through the gift of his sacrifice. Um, for me personally, I think I'm a little scarred by religion. Um, and I think that's something I'm still kind of working through, but also in the simplest, most respectful way, the reason I think denominations and a lot of other religions aren't good is because I think they take away from the gospel, the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. And I also think that sometimes they can take away from the weight of what Jesus did for us. Like I know for me, my experience in the Mormon church, it's very works-based. So you kind of work your way up to heaven. Now, not to say that there's not God's grace involved, but it's a lot more about like you do everything you can and then you can make it to heaven. And I feel like the true gospel of Jesus Christ is you surrender your heart and your life to Jesus. You make him your Lord and savior. You accept that you're a broken sinner and you surrender to him and you try your best to live for him. And you constantly, you know, um, pick up your cross every day, ask for repentance, but it's so much more about him and less about you. And so I think that denominations and religions in general can take away from what Jesus did. And it can make it more about us and our goodness when I don't believe that it is. I also think that sometimes denominations are hard because I think that they make us focus on the wrong things. Like we shouldn't be focused on all these little things and all these little expectations or these different leaders or these different practices, because I feel that it takes away from your relationship with Jesus Christ, which is the most important thing in this world. And that is the key to salvation is accepting Jesus into your heart as your Lord and savior. So in the most respectful, kindest way, I just think that it takes away from what truly matters and what the true, true gospel is not to say, I know everything. There's a lot I need to learn. And I say that with all grace and respect to anyone who is in a religion or is in a denomination. I'm sure you have reasons to believe what you believe. And what we can celebrate is that we all believe in Jesus Christ because that's what matters most. Now, all the little details that go beyond that, you know, if we could sit down one-on-one and talk, I could would maybe talk to you guys and we could pick each other's brains. But that's just my personal 
perspective for myself, because what matters to me most is the truth. And what matters to me most, most is what God says and what God wants. And I just believe that that's the word and that's the Bible. And I don't want anything to add or take away from that. Hopefully that makes sense. (laughs) But again, all respect to anyone who is a different religion practices denominations. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with you or that you don't have absolute valid reasons to believe and feel the way that you have, because we all have experiences that we've gone through that make us believe what we believe. So all love and respect to you, but that's just my personal opinion. Also all love and respect to anyone who doesn't believe in God. You're all welcome here. And I love you all. I try to talk about these things with a lot of grace and patience. Cause I never want you guys to feel like I'm disrespecting you or, you know, making you feel unwelcome here. You are welcome here, but that is a little bit of how I feel. (laughs) Hopefully that helps. Okay. The next question is from anonymous. How do I navigate life without having a mother daughter relationship slash having a toxic or abusive mother? I wish there was a perfect way to answer this. It's super hard. Um, I wrote down some notes that I'll share with you guys. My whole life, I was super attached to my mom. I made every excuse for her and I couldn't ever accept the ways that she abandoned and hurt me. I really wanted to see the best in her and sometimes couldn't see the situation and our relationship with logic, which resulted in letting her hurt me over and over again. I enabled her, but it came from a good place. Now my situation is unique because she is an addict. My mom is a drug addict and I have a lot of grace for her because even though I haven't personally experienced addiction. I know a lot of people who have, and I've seen how painful and devastating it is for them and everyone around them. And I just can't imagine how hard it is to beat addiction. And so I extend a lot of grace and love to her and I don't hold it against her or think she's a bad person, but I do just think, you know, addiction has gotten the best of her and that's what matters to her more than anything. And it's hard to accept, but I know deep at the core, she's broken. And, um, again, like addiction is just hard. It's just hard. So one time I went to my therapist and, um, she knows I'm very attached to my mom growing up. I was very attached to my mom. I was the one who actually stayed and lived with my mom the longest of all my siblings when she was using drugs and doing really crazy things. And she had a really abusive partner that lived with us. And, I stayed. I like, um, ignorantly, you know, they say ignorance is bliss. And I, I kind of denied reality and I denied what was actually happening in efforts to kind of excuse her behavior and kind of live in a fantasy world that like my mom loved me and she was going to take care of me and that like I was okay. And I was safe with her and that being with her was better than any other situation. Ultimately now looking back, obviously I know that it wasn't, and it was very terrible for me to be in that situation, especially as a child. But at the time, what matters at the time, what mattered most to me was her and was our relationship. And I never wanted to give up on my mom. I wanted to be the one person who stuck by her side. And I was loyal to a fault, you know, out of a, out of a good place. Um, but when I grew up, And I became an adult. I started going to therapy after my divorce. And, um, you know, my therapist kind of revealed to me like how deep my wound was with my mom, my abandonment wound with my mom was. And um, she kind of said to me, Nicole, 
you say your mom is your mom, but what has she ever done for you as a mother? Like, what is a mother's role? You know, and I'm like, well, like to take care, to nurture, to love. She goes, can you, can you think of a time when she did that? And I was like, I mean, like, yeah, of course there was times where she loved and nurtured me. But she said, you know, overall, looking at the big picture, did your mom take care of you? Did she protect you? Did she nurture you? Did she love you? Did she make you your pri- her priority? Did she choose you over other things? And I was like, no. And she said, so is she really your mother? Does she really deserve that place in your heart and in your life? And I kind of realized in that moment, my mom will always be my mom and I will always love her. But that doesn't necessarily mean that she's ever been a parent to me. And so it helped me kind of start to separate that expectation, that deep desire and that deep wound for that mother-daughter relationship. Because I started to accept that even though she is my mom, She's never really been a mother or a parent to me. And I don't hold that against her. Like I said, I love her, but me holding that expectation and that weight of that broken relationship had to end for me to even love her from a distance and to be able to have a healthy relationship with her because I stopped having any expectations for the relationship. Now I'm still learning how to do that and it's still really hard to navigate. But the thing about my mom is like when I am in an active relationship with her because she's always in and out of addiction, it consumes my whole life because I love her so much. So when I'm actively pursuing a relationship with her, I'm always thinking about how she's doing. I'm always worried if she's doing drugs, if she's unsafe, if she's hurt, if she's going to die, if she's going to OD, if someone's going to hurt her. And it consumes me and I buy her anything she wants and give her as much money as she wants. And I literally would give anything to her for her to be okay. And it consumes my life. And it's a one-sided relationship because she's not able to give back to me. And so it's just me giving and me constantly being let, let down. And what that does is it emotionally drains me. And then it leaves nothing for the people in my life who are in healthy relationships with me, who are giving back to me. There was a time in my relationship with David where my mom had reentered my life and we had rekindled that relationship and her well-being consumed me. And because I was so emotionally drained from that, I took it out on David And my therapist had to sit me down and be like, Nicole, how long are you going to let this broken relationship ruin your life? How long are you going to let the ideal of this relationship and the wound of this ruin your life? You have to set boundaries. You may love your mom. You may want the best for her. You may always yearn for that love, but you have to remove yourself or you're never going to be able to live a happy and healthy life. And so with all of that being said, you're not alone if you're struggling in your relationship with your mom or your dad. Like everyone 
acts as if they have these perfect relationships, but there's a lot of people who struggle with abusive parents, whether it's emotionally, physically, mentally. Um, and there's a lot of people who don't have healthy relationships with their parents. And sometimes it's better to set boundaries and kind of let go of the ideal or the idea of that relationship and have no relationship than having one that constantly drains you and constantly hurts you and constantly makes you feel terrible about yourself. Like sometimes it's better to just not have that. It's hard. It's really hard. I just feel like whether it's an extreme situation, like we, me with my mom and her drug addiction, or it's something like, you know, maybe you have a parent who's really hard on you and is maybe super religious and you don't fit within her standards of success. And maybe she, you know, she's not, you've never felt loved by her. Maybe you've never felt like you're enough for her. And she constantly has these crazy standards for you and you can just never do anything right. And so you don't have like this nurturing, loving relationship with her, even something like that. So I would say, depending on your situation, if you're able to, and you want to, you can set boundaries within the relationship to protect your peace and to protect your mental well being. But if it's severe enough, you may need to take a step back from that relationship and love them from far away. And there's nothing wrong with that. Hopefully that helped. Okay. The last question is from Wonderlust CX How do I get over being scared of change? Ugh. This question is a good one because I'm someone who struggles with change so much. I rather stay in a bad situation that I know the outcome of than go and do something that I don't know the outcome of because I'm such an anxious person. I rather stay where I don't belong than to try something new a lot of the times. And I feel like in this season of my life, God is really pushing me out of my comfort zone to go through changes and to really push myself but it is so scary. But I have a couple of reminders for you. Number one, it's normal that you feel like that change is scary. It shocks our body. It shocks our nervous system. It's very overwhelming. It can be very overwhelming. But what I want to tell you is having nothing is better than having what isn't for you. And to tie into that, <laughs> being where you don't belong is worse than being somewhere unknown. What if this change is exactly what you need to get you where you're meant to be? What if this change actually ends up good? What if this change is going to fulfill you, heal you, lead you into what you love and are passionate about? What if this change is going to lead you to the person you're meant to be with or the person you're meant to be? There's so much good that can come out of change, but we don't know until we try. And this life is one long journey of learning, growing, living, experiencing. And you really just don't know until you put yourself out there and you, and you just go for it. And it's like, yes, what if it doesn't work out? But what if it does? And even if it doesn't work out, what if it's exactly what you need to get you to the next step, to the next thing that is meant for you? 
and the future that is meant for you and the person that is meant for you and the happiness that is meant for you and the healing that you desire and the security that you desire and the life that you desire. What if it's the thing that shapes you into the person that you need to be? What if it's the thing that pushes you to work through some of your demons? What if it's the thing that pushes you to be more Christ-like, more loving, more selfless? Everything we go through in this life, whether it turns out good or bad, can always be used for our good. So I believe God takes every bad thing and can turn it for your good and his glory. And there's actually a verse in the Bible. I don't know exactly what it is, but guys, when we go through hard things, when we go through challenging things, when we fail, we grow, we learn. And if we don't fail and we succeed at something, we feel joy and fulfillment. So it's like, no matter what happens, when you make a change, it can be seen as a positive. So I know it's scary. I know it's so, so scary, but take the risk. I promise you, you've got a long life ahead of you and you've got a lot of time to figure out how to live, what to do, and all of the pieces and failures and things along the way are just part of your beautiful story of who you are and who you become and of your life. It's all a part of the journey. So Okay. Yay. Okay. Thank you guys so much for putting in all these requests. This was actually so fun. Yeah. I, I freaking love you guys. And this was actually such a special episode because I love engaging with you guys and feeling like I'm kind of talking to you and, and really like in community with you. So this was super fun. If you guys like this episode, please let me know and I'll do more of them. But yeah, I freaking love you guys. Thank you for being here. Hopefully that helped again, take everything I said with a grain of salt. I'm not perfect. I don't always know what I'm talking about, but I'm just sharing my experiences with you guys of this life. Um, so yeah, I'll talk to you guys next week. Um, but if you would like to support me, you can follow me on my personal TikTok and Instagram, Nicole.Donna. You can follow me on my elephants in the room, You can follow me on my Elephants in the Rooms account on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And they're all just Elephants in the Room. Um, You can give this podcast a rating. You can share it with a friend, share it on your social media. All of those things help and support me so much. Shoot me a DM, um, go and comment on one of my posts, anything. I freaking love you guys. And I love engaging with you guys and hearing your feedback. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll close this out by saying my name is Nicole and what elephants are in your room. I'll talk to you guys next week.